The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. Friday, September 20th, 2019, and you are tuned in to HTM Sports here at the Hitting the Marks Podcast Network, hittingthemarks.com. My name is Jargo. I'll be your host for the day. That's my tag team partner. He's the man, the myth, the legend, the crack spider, the real RBV. Rick, welcome back to your show. It's me, it's me. It's that R to the B to the B. Rick Tucker here. And oh, it feels so good to be back on the microphone, getting ready to talk uh, some hot topics from around the world of, uh, of sports here at Hashtag HTM Sports. You know, it's it's one of those days, Huckleberry, where we didn't record yesterday. That was the original intention. We were going to try to get the show out before the Jaguars and Titans game last night. And we were like, eh. Let's 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 hold off. Let's let's wait a little bit, you know? Maybe something'll break. Well, sure enough, here about 3 minutes before we started recording, it came across the wire Antonio Brown has been released by the New England Patriots. Earlier today, we saw Bill Belichick get incredibly irritated with the media and he, he didn't want to answer questions about Antonio Brown, and now Antonio Brown is gone. Huckleberry, what's your initial reaction to this news? But, you know, after last week's show, such such a hot show that we had last week, get so much attention. And that was all based around the Attitude Era drama uh, that was unfolding, you know, mainly around Antonio Brown. But he brought the Patriots into the fold. The, the Raiders were kind of on the way out on the talk there. And we were getting, you know, throughout the week here, we're like, okay, man, we need that, we need that hot topic. We need someone to pay off for us. And lo and behold, Mr. Brown comes through for us again. So thank you, A.B. Thank you. You've done it once again. Man, this is this is absolutely crazy, and I guess I guess now you know there is all this rumor and speculation swirling around as to why what is potentially next. But you know, as you were kind of laying the story out for me, I was on the road here. I'm trying to get caught up on everything. Mr. Belichick himself, this might all be stemming from something earlier in the day during a press conference, correct? Well, I, I think that's absolutely part of it. The other thing that is playing into this is I, I'm not sure how much of this story you've been following. A second accuser has come out against Antonio Brown. Um, this one, an artist that evidently he uh, owes a whole bunch of money to for painting a mural. And over the course of the last couple of days, there have been some anonymous text messages come across um, that seemingly have been traced back to Antonio Brown that were very threatening towards this artist. Uh, that, that was brought to the NFL's attention. The NFL got on the phone with her attorneys and whatnot. This has all went down in just the last couple of days, and now today he has been released. So we, the Antonio Brown tenure in New England lasted for all of one game, and Rick, as great of a talent as Antonio Brown is, and he is, I, I don't think there's any doubt how good of a wide receiver Antonio Brown is, but I think this is going to be the end of Antonio Brown in the NFL. Uh, I would say at least for the time being, I, I don't think we'll see him again this season. But, you know, so these things like this, they, if you can get everything settled away by, you know, through the Super Bowl here, through the OTAs, through the draft and all that next year, get everything kind of settled away, put your, your good boy hat on. Uh, performers are forgiven. It's just not in the NFL. It's just not in sports. It's in society. And, you know, if you're not at an ultimate risk to the financial gain, as you know, as we kind of that. That's the whole reason that Kaepernick has not been given a, a second opportunity. Yeah, without question. Is because 
because of you know the financial risk. Yep. You know what? What is your ultimate your return on investment if you bring him in here? It seems you know with definite he he's perceived to be attacking America, attacking the flag, the soldier, you know the great patriots. You know, no pun intended there. Uh, with Brown, I mean, he's just being a prima donna, and those we seem to forgive those individuals in society, as you will, someone with Kaepernick. So I wouldn't say he's completely done, but it's going to be a while before we see him suit up in the NFL. Yeah, it's unfortunate, too, because on the field, he is just a ridiculous player. As far as the Patriots go, it's not like they necessarily needed Antonio Brown. It was sure nice to have a, a threat like that for Tom Brady, but it's not like the Patriots are hurting. I don't think that the Patriots offense is, is going to miss a stride here when it comes to Antonio Brown. Oh, you know, and actually, in some Patriot Patriots way, that they'll probably actually gain strength from this. Uh, but real quick, you know, I was talking about there with with Brown. You know, I was talking about you know he keeps his you know keeps his head low, stays out of trouble. That's going to be the, the kind of the that's the side story from the NFL to watch. I mean, could you see? I bet you that there are executive producers, networks right now trying to get a hold of him for a reality series. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, I mean. And, and, and just to, you know, to kind of cash in themselves on this circus, he does. He goes somewhere around that route. He very well could be done. It's absolutely possible. It's going to be a very interesting story to watch develop. We'll talk a little bit more about the Patriots and uh, one of the effects that I think that this could be felt without the throughout the league and one big loser in this entire Antonio Brown story. One guy that I, I'm afraid isn't going to get paid now. Uh, we'll, we'll go ahead. We'll jump into the regular show and ironically enough. We're going to lead with Tom Brady. Uh, Rick, last night we had the Jaguars and the Titans, and the game was awful as far as to watch. In the first quarter alone, I believe there was 15 penalties. Tom Brady even took to Twitter and said, I have to shut this game off. I can't watch this. The officiating is just horrible. Uh, So I wanted to kind of do a, a broad outlook of the NFL basically through week two, and I wanted to start with the officiating. Rick, the penalties are just absolutely ridiculous this year. The amount of penalties that we're seeing called. Offensive holding is up 66% from last season. Can you even enjoy watching an NFL game right now? Well, let me ask you that. Right with that 66%, is that up from week two of last year or through the entire season? No, no, that's through concurrent. So so through week two of last season, comparatively, we're up 66%. Well, and, and what's, what really speaks, you know, jumps out to me here is, okay, that is an alarming number, but we see this every year where, you know, the officiating crews, the league is on them to really focus and crack down on some things, some, you know, their, their hot topic rules, if you will, early in the season. You know, it, it could be, you know, it could be roughing the quarterback. It could be pass interference. We regularly see this, and then it begins to cool off. It, it begins to cool off a little bit. Uh, another you know, another possibility here is it, the league for a while has been so dominated by offense, and rightfully so, because people want exciting football. They want high scores. They want high impact. They want a fast game. Uh, but at the sake of that, they have exposed defenses. I mean, it's bang, don't break defenses. You don't have those tough-nosed, hard-nosed, unit, no, hard-nosed units anymore. Maybe this is a way to – like a, a bit of an equalizer. Well, the other thing that I'm finding interesting about this, and, and there's always an extent of this at the beginning of every football season, and regardless of what level of football, whether it's high school football, whether it's college football, whether it's NFL football, 
there's always that that those first couple of weeks where it, it, it's like the training wheels have come off a little bit. And of course, you know, there's preseason, but now it's like most of the stars aren't even playing in the preseason. And it's really resulted in a lot of very, very sloppy football these first couple of weeks. I love that you lay it out there. Everybody wants to point the finger at the officials. You know, what's going on in the office? What are they telling them here? These guys are throwing too many flags. Let's, let's, let's hold the players accountable themselves to an extent. Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely something that has to be talked about because, and especially now, we're seeing a lot of the, the quarterbacks who particularly didn't play during the preseason. They're going down. I mean, Big Ben is out for the rest of the season. Drew Brees is going to be out for six weeks. There's something going on with Cam Newton. I don't care what anybody tells me. Cam Newton is not healthy. In fact, he's listed as questionable on this week's depth chart. Eli Manning has already be, been benched. I mean, th- there's just injuries going on left and right here. Hell, even Patrick Mahomes, he-, he sprained an ankle his first week, and I'm not sure that he's going to be right all season. It very well could be an Aaron Rodgers situation from last year. Rick, if the players aren't going to play in this preseason, this is absolutely one of those things that's going to have to change come collective bargaining agreement time. Yeah, I mean, they're going to have to come up with some sort of solution here or, you know, a serious tweaking of this system. You know, there's a bigger issue at hand. Instead of just, you were talking about the quality of play, more importantly, you're losing your stars, your featured attractions, your marquee players for, for your advertising, for selling television, for drawing fans. So without those individuals, you know, just going down that list of names that you threw out there, Jargo, I mean, that is a, that's going to be a huge detriment to bringing in and retaining viewers throughout the season. I uh, just goes back to uh, a, a story that broke last week that one of the Miami Dolphins had told the press that an official went right up to him and said, hey, you guys need to take it easy on Brady. Well, and, and people freak out, you know, oh, God, you're protecting Brady. Well, of, of course they're going to protect Brady. They do not want to lose – the franchise of the NFL, the top name, the top draw to some, you know, a team that's likely going to be one of the worst that we've seen in three decades in a, in an absolute blowout. Yeah. You know, we don't want to see that. You have to protect those, you know, those, those bases of your brand. And, and that's what's going to sell and move. And that makes everybody money. Well, let's talk about uh, Big Ben. I thought this was going to be the lead story this week until this Antonio Brown news broke. Um, the, the Steelers are, are kind of up the creek without a paddle. Big Ben out for the, the remainder of the year. Um, I, I guess just on the personal side, Rick, Big Ben is 37 years old at this point, and this injury that he has, it was a no-contact injury. It's in his elbow. It sounds very, very similar to what pitchers have when they have to have Tommy John surgery. Um, and, and you and I have both seen plenty of pitchers come back from Tommy John surgery. We've also seen plenty of pitchers come back from Tommy John surgery and never necessarily be the same. As far as the Steelers go going forward, they're stuck with this guy named Mason Rudolph. Yeah, that, that's now the, the the starting quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Mason Rudolph. You know, and people thought maybe the Steelers would go out, they could make a big move this week, and they certainly did. They go out, they trade a first-round pick for next year to the Miami Dolphins. No, they didn't go get Josh Rosen. They traded for Minka Fitzpatrick, who is a cornerback, not a quarterback, which Rick tells me... Tomlin and the Rooney family, obviously, they they have faith in Mason Rudolph, right? Well, I mean, hey, let's let's ride the you know the train here. Which you saw a, a Rudolph become the, the raw tag team champions. 
I mean, so why can't Mason Rudolph find you the same success in Pittsburgh? You know, this this is on at first glance on the surface, this is a major blow to to the Steelers and their hopes to compete in in the AFC North this season. Uh, but this could be a blessing in disguise. You know, as everyone was really worried, you know, you, you blew off, you know, a lot of these stars that were, they were problem child. They were gone, but you were really worried about, you know, where this team was going to be. Could Tomlin and Ben carry this on their shoulders? And it was becoming obvious early. That was, you know, it didn't seem that way. So now you, now you can take a little bit of pressure off, get Ben healthy. I mean, that you talk about someone that has been a fighter throughout his career. He is constantly banged up. I mean, that guy's an absolute tank. He goes out there and competes. This has got to be something that's, that's kind of, you've had to been seeing coming for a while. He said at 37, he's getting up there in age. Let's get him right. And then while he's away, it takes pressure off of your team. You can really focus on building a new core, getting yourself back to Steelers football, and then, you know, make a serious run when Ben eventually comes back and wins that comeback player of the year award. I'm not sure that you can count the Steelers necessarily out of the AFC North at this point. I mean, we're going to talk about it a little bit later, but your Bengals are awful. People overvalued the Cleveland Browns, just like I told them they were all off season. Baltimore clearly right now looks head and shoulders above the rest of the division, but they're going to get a rude awakening this weekend. Are, are the Steelers out of this thing? Well, I, when you, when you look at the landscape of the land, uh, you know, potentially, I mean, you could win this thing. It almost seems right now whoever gets that 10 is going to win this thing. I think 9-7 and seven could win this thing. And, and, and I was going to say, very well, 9-7 and seven could get you to the dance from the AFC North. I still, you know, you're, you're trying to get everyone to jump on that, that, that the Browns are still down train that you've been on. I think they're going to keep on picking up momentum. We're going to see them improve week after week. They're going to start to gel a little more. And it's, I think this is just a two-pony race between them and the Ravens. And it's going to be very interesting to see how the Ravens handle themselves this week. Hey, they've got a lot to prove. It is them against the world going into Arrowhead. I'm, I'm really looking forward to talking about the Cleveland Browns here in a little bit. First, we got to talk about Drew Brees. Uh, Drew Brees injures his thumb. He's going to be out for six weeks. And it seems as though Sean Payton and the New Orleans Saints going into the most ruckus environment in the NFL. They're in Seattle this week. Huckleberry, they didn't even declare who their starting quarterback is going to be. In fact, it's going to be quarterback by committee, Teddy Bridgewater, bridge over troubled water, and Taysom Hill going to be taking the helm for the New Orleans Saints. It's over for the Saints, isn't it? It's over. Well, I don't, it's going to be interesting how they, how they bring this together. you, you got to believe in Sean Payton. He's one of the top coaches uh, of his generation. And, and I, I like this by committee. Let's keep the Seahawks guessing. Uh, we've seen in week one that secondary got exposed by Andy Dalton, and we've seen what we were more expecting from Dalton in week two. Uh, keep them guessing, keep them moving, rights and lefts, keep throwing those jabs, come on a couple of haymakers there, and they very well, the Saints are a very good team all around, could go in here and steal one. This is, uh, is going to be a very early defining game in the NFC. Six weeks without Drew Brees. Here's the New Orleans schedule, those six weeks. Tell me how many wins you see in this six weeks. At Seahawks versus Cowboys versus Buccaneers at Jaguars at Bears versus Cardinals. I think there's one win in that six. Oh, wow. I think they could get three and three out of that. 
Wow. I, I think if they can pull off three and three out of that, that is absolutely a huge win for the New Orleans Saints. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's huge. And, you know, with their mindset, though, they're going to go in there. They're going to come with everything they got. They, they've got a great bag of tricks. Uh, it's going to be uh, they're going to be one of the damn interesting teams to watch. Oh, it's definitely interesting. That's for sure. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Cam. Uh, what the hell's going on with Cam Newton, Rick? Uh, not only well, I mean, has, outside has, of his, his fashion is is insane, his hair is ridiculous, and he's playing quarterback like shit. Uh, absolutely. I, I didn't realize that when uh, Dennis Rodman and Madonna got married, that that actually produced a uh, produced a child. Man, uh, you're which right on is, right is there. Cam, it is Cam Newton now. But yeah, as you said, though, he hasn't been right for a while. And he every now and then he'll show you those flashes of the Superman. Uh, but then immediately someone is able to, to drop some kryptonite and he is brought back down to earth. And, and more than not, he is, you know, the cam that we question, you know, why is he still in that position? So Michael Vick had a hot take the other day. Michael Vick said that Cam Newton will not be the starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers starting next season. Rick, it's getting awful hard to disagree with him. Uh, absolutely. You know, and, and that's coming from someone that really understands that style. They were very similar. All those comparisons so early between those two. Uh, it, so, you know, where it might not be exactly the same, Vic's got a very sound understanding about what's going on and actually how to proceed and break down that situation. Two more stories before we jump into the games this week. Eli Manning is out. The Daniel Jones era is about to begin for Big Blue up in New York City. Huckleberry, I, I obviously, we're both Duke fans. Daniel Jones, as much as I like him as a talent, I think we both agree that the Giants absolutely overreached for this kid at six, but they're going to throw him in there. They're going to see what he can do. The Giants look awful. I mean, you might as well, right? Well, I, I'd say, you know, at least he, he's got that Duke education, so we know he's got some smarts about him. So he's going to make he's going to make the right calls, the right moves here. Uh, excited to have Daniel Jones get that opportunity, as I'm sure he is you know, over the top about. Uh, on the flip side of that, Eli Manning, he might be happy himself that he's getting off that field. He's not going to get his ass beat up this week. I, I'm sure we could do a half-hour podcast on this topic alone, but just kind of in a nutshell, is is Eli Manning a Hall of Famer in your mind? Uh, I think so, and I think there's a number of things going for him. When you really break down those numbers, I don't think he's you know he's not an overwhelmer. Uh, he's not he's not a headliner. He's not going to be that big pool there. Well, outside of you know. The New York fans, I mean, they're, they're always turn up great somewhere, so you're going to get that kind of support. And I, I think a lot of it does have to do with his name and the legacy of the Mannings. Uh, they had the opportunity to to have Pops up there to to put in two sons and and then have Peyton there with him to the, you know, alongside in, in his gold jacket. Uh, I, I think, you know, that's just one of those great marketing stories that you're going to have. And, you know, with Archie, you know, he, he has benefited from the name as well. I mean, all these years later, would we all be talking about that lovable loser quarterback from New Orleans, uh, like on a national level, if it not for his sons here? I completely agree with you on that note. 100% completely agree. Um, I, I think Eli Manning is going to be a Hall of Famer. I think they're going to put him in the Hall of Fame. But I think if it was up to me, I don't think I'd put him in there. I Statistically, 
he's going into the Hall of Fame off of three accolades. Two of them are beating Brady in the Super Bowl, and the other one is the fact that he was the quarterback for the New York Giants. I mean, other than that, like if he would have played in Jacksonville and put up the same stats and won two Super Bowls, I don't think he'd be going into the Hall of Fame. I think New York absolutely plays into this thing too. Oh yeah, and that's what I'm saying. He's got he's got the perfect storm. And I guess you know if he had done these, if he accomplished this in Jacksonville, you'd have that argument, but you'd be really stretching for it. Right now, he's got a perfect storm that builds him up. Uh, that you know for that presentation of okay, we've got everything marketing wise here. This is going to sell. It's going to move tickets. You're looking at commercial opportunities. Uh, yeah, it's just everything works out for him. One sixteen and one sixteen for his career. I, that that just seems insane to me that Eli Manning is going to finish a 500 quarterback. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Jalen Ramsey. Uh, Jalen Ramsey has requested a trade from the Dolphins. The, basically, the Dolphins have requested a trade from the Dolphins at this point. Anybody who's worth a shit who's playing in Miami has requested a trade from the Dolphins at this point. The, the Dolphins go out they lose to the Patriots last week 43 to nothing which it, it was pathetic it was absolutely I I think the University of Miami could beat the Miami Dolphins at this point but Jay, the Dolphins they seem to think that Jalen Ramsey is worth a hell of a lot more than what he really is they're trying to get two first round picks for a corner Huckleberry I mean I was a corner there's no way in hell I one maybe but two first round picks for a corner well, I think the the real news story is, is we've already got the Dolphins, the Pittsburgh trade that that brought them over another number one pick. Uh, now they're you know they're, they're obvious they're trying to stockpile number one. I think the real story is all of these poor top prospects in college. I mean, this is just a growing number of individuals that could end up at the you know playing for the Dolphins. I mean, you got to talk about a bummer to start your professional career. It's like, you know, it's, like they took the, it's like they took the Philadelphia 76ers model and applied it to the NFL. Yeah. Uh, I know, you know growing up in Cincinnati in the nineties, you know, we always joke, you know, if, if we could go to college and, and you got, and you could get drafted and you know, the dream is always, if you were a kid, play for your hometown team. And it was like, dude, you'd have to just turn the bangles down. <laughs> Even if you're a, you're a hometown guy, you'd have to turn them down. Sit out of here. You don't want to go to that trade wreck. I, I didn't think that there was any way they were going to get two first round picks unless it came from Kansas city. Um, I, I could absolutely have seen, Kansas City looking at a talent like Jalen Ramsey and saying, yes, uh, we are in a win now, and the Patriots just got Antonio Brown. We need a shutdown corner to neutralize Antonio Brown for the AFC Championship game. That's worth two first-round picks. But now Antonio Brown is gone. I don't think Kansas City moves on this now. I, I, I see no reason for them to. I would mash up Kansas City versus New England right now. Well, and I wonder, you know, when they had when they had put, pitched this out there, if that was the intent. Okay, you know, the Patriots just got better with Antonio Brown. One of these other teams is going to need to just, you know, go all in with a shutdown corner. Let's see what we can get here. I mean, let's let's oversell this thing. Let's put a, you know, let's mark let's let's jack the price up on this thing because of the necessity out there. Uh, I think you know, as we're looking at the the ripple effect around the league. It's not going to hurt the Patriots that they're cutting. It's going to hurt some of these other teams, you know, like the Dolphins that were looking to make moves or some players that were looking to get out. You know, their value was going to be, you know, their value was going to go through the roof because of the need of the other teams to shut down Brown. Yep. 
Absolutely, completely agreed. Let's talk a little bit about week two. I want to start with your Cincinnati Bengals. Huckleberry, you even picked the Bengals last week's show to beat the San Francisco 49ers. Um, That was not the case. San Francisco just plain destroyed Cincinnati 41-17. Yeah, absolutely embarrassing. Uh, You know, I, I think I should probably stop going to towns with the games like this. Uh, I didn't go to the game. I went around the tailgate and all that. I uh, stopped at a couple of bars and all that. And then it was it was just the feeling was just the same as as week one in in Cleveland. Uh, people were really hyped. I was drinking that Kool Aid myself. You know, to go into Seattle, to go to the the left coast where they they traditionally don't play well. They go up there. Andy Dalton looks incredible. They just they just lose that game to the Seahawks. And we we got the the lowly Niners coming to town. And wow, they just. Bitch slap the Bengals. I think Kyle Shanahan is the best coach in football right now. Just saying. Uh, Packers hold on to outlast Carly's Vikings. It's always fun on Packers and Vikings week at my house. We are a house divided, but luckily I win more than I lose when it comes to this matchup. Packers hold on to beat the Vikings 21-16. At one point, Huckleberry, it looked like this was going to be a rout. It looked like Green Bay was going to come out and lay 40 on Minnesota, and then it was like after the first quarter the Green Bay offense decided to just quit playing and start screaming at each other instead. Yeah, you see these, you see that regularly. You see these quick starts, and then you, you kind of slow down here. Uh, but I think everything's fine there. You think uh, Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur are uh, all better after having their little screaming match on the sidelines? Hey, you know, it, that's, that's competition, right? I mean, you have that sometimes, and you want to be the best. And I think right now, you know, as Packer Nation, you guys have got to be – over the top, uh, especially with you know with the concerns coming into the season, they they are definitely surprising me early on. Yeah, they, they they have absolutely surprised me early on. That first quarter, man, that Packers offense looked freaking fantastic. And then, unfortunately, there were three more quarters to play. One team that does look fantastic is the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson. They continue to roll. They beat the Arizona Cardinals 23-17. Huckleberry, everybody is ranting and raving about the Ravens and how freaking good the Ravens are. Let's put this in context. They've played the two worst teams in the league in the Miami Dolphins and the Arizona Cardinals. And this weekend, they're going into freaking Arrowhead. We're going to find out real quick and in a hurry if this Ravens thing is legit or if this has just been all bullshit. Well, you know, to, to be in the mindset, to be a fly on the wall in, in either of these camps, to get to get into their mindset, uh, you're, you know, as I was talking about earlier, if you're the Ravens, I mean, you've got it's you versus the world right now, and, and you have to go in there and shock everybody to show them if you're legit. But on the other side of, other side of that, I mean, the Chiefs are one of the top dogs. I mean, they're, they're looking to rule the roost, and they're, they're going to be focused on shutting down, you know, exposing what everyone's considering a contender as a pretender. And if this is – we're talking about early key matchups. I mean, this is going to be one we're going to be – I feel that we're going to be talking about going back as we look at the big games and the defining moments – as we're getting ready for that postseason run, this is going to be a game that we're going to be talking about right at the top of that list. This absolutely the game of the weekend. Ravens at Kansas City at uh, 1 p.m. Eastern on Sunday. Uh, Rick, the other one we got to talk about is the Browns. I, I, the Browns come out this week. They beat the lowly Jets 23-3, to and everybody is right back on the Browns' Kool-Aid. The New York Jets were playing their third-string quarterback – and we're at without seven starters 
going into this game. If I'm Cleveland, I'm not celebrating too much that you beat the New York Jets 23-3. to Well, you know, this is more of a, it's not who you beat. It's that you, you started to the click. You started to gel a little bit. You can't blame anybody for going out and getting a win against, you know, competitors that you're lined up against. You know, they can't help it that, that injuries have happened to the Jets. They're on their third stringer. you got to go out and beat the team that's lined up against you. And, and you know, a 23-3 win, that's good in the NFL. That's fine. The Browns were doing a lot of things right. There's still a lot of problems. It seems, you know, there's some discipline issues, but they're moving in the right direction. That's why the celebration, that's why they're feeling good with it. Uh, it's, a, it's a step forward here. And, is, you know, that, that week one, that was a real eye-opener around here that, you know, let's not, you know, let's not start printing playoff tickets or anything like that yet, but we need to focus on continuing to move forward. Okay, so as we continue to preview going into the future of this season, all right, I want you to tell me what all these teams have in common. The Los Angeles Rams, the Baltimore Ravens, the San Francisco 49ers, the Seattle Seahawks, and the New England Patriots. What do all those teams have in common right now, Huckleberry? Well, I, I don't know, Jargo. All those teams are 2-0. and So a, com- Ooh, a, a okay. combined record of 10-0. and Guess what else those teams are? The next five opponents for the Cleveland Browns. Their next five opponents right now are a combined 10-0. and 0. We're going to find out if this Browns team is legit or bullshit real quick and in a hurry. But I don't think anyone around here is getting overly excited about teams that are 2-0. and 0, But, yeah, I mean, they're, they're going to find out how good they are, and they're going to have to keep progressing uh, each and every week and getting better. Hey, and that, that, that only gets you ready for late in the season. Okay? Hey, you come out of this thing strong, you go into a weaker part of your schedule, you know how to play. You're going to be used to these big games, these big moments. That's what you do. That's your building blocks to get to that postseason, get to that next level, keep advancing. So how badly do the Cleveland Browns lose this week? Uh, they have Sunday night football, and they are at home against the Los Angeles Rams. You think the Rams put 30 on them? I'm, I'm going to plead the fifth here. Yeah, that, that, that probably a wise idea. Uh, ask, ask me Monday in the locker room. <laughs> Uh, so let, let's get into our, our kind of our picks here for the week. Um, Rick, we've been doing this Vegas pick of the week, and I told you yesterday, I was like, man, I was joking with you about the Jacksonville Jaguars, and about an hour and a half before that game last night, I was like, man, I think Jacksonville would be my pick of the week. They were they were laying one and a half at home. A home dog. That never happens. The Jaguars defeat the Titans 20-7. to we should have recorded on yesterday. I'd be three and zero on my Vegas lock of the week. Okay, but you're not. We wouldn't have all those Brown talk either. Yeah, but I, this is also the only thing that's interesting about this football game. Uh, it, I, I don't know what the bipolar Tennessee Titans. I mean, I, I don't understand the Tennessee Titans at, at all at this point. They go in, they lay a whooping on Cleveland, and then they lay an egg like this against Jacksonville. What's up with the Titans? It's not. It's about, you know, we were praising them last week. You know, everyone was talking about how the Browns, you know, was a letdown. Uh, and we said, hey, you know, where's the credit for the Titans? You know, they've been building this team like this. Uh, but consistency is the key. And if they if they want to find some success, they're going to have to – that's that's their biggest issue. That's the biggest ingredient that's missing for them. Baltimore at the Chiefs. Chiefs getting six and a half at home. You think Baltimore feels disrespected by this being almost a touchdown spread? 
Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't even know if they're looking at that number. You know, they, they know what they got to do. They know what they got to prove to these naysayers. Uh, and that's what they're all about. I think Kansas city wins that going away. What do you think? Uh, I, I think too. I think we're going to see a route there. Falcons at the a two touchdown. Falcons at the Colts. I think this is one of the more interesting games of the week. I would have this basically as a pick 'em. Vegas has this Colts two and a half. What do you think of the Falcons? They looked awful in week one. They looked decent in week two. Maybe the Falcons and the Titans should go play each other. It'd be a tale of you know two halves. Who has the ball last? There we go. Play, play it like I uh, just start with overtime. Looking forward to Texans at Chargers. They got Chargers plus three, even though they basically don't play any home games. I don't know what to make of the Houston Texans either, other than that offensive line is just freaking terrible. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's their biggest issue. Up front, you're in trouble there. That's, that's where it all starts is in the trench. And if you're not producing there, you're not getting W's. The other game I'm going to be watching this weekend, Saints at Seahawks. I don't even care what the Vegas odds are because I don't think anybody knows what the hell to expect from New Orleans. And they, that's since I said before, that's exactly the way they want it. Uh, the, the boys in the bayou down on, uh, down there with from Mardi Gras, down on the, uh, on Bourbon Street. They want to keep you, they want to keep you guessing. They want to keep you hopping. And that's what they're all about. A little bit of NCAA before we jump into our picks of the week. Uh, three big games this week, Huckleberry. Number 17, Notre Dame at Georgia. Michigan goes into Wisconsin. And this one just baffles me. Auburn is a on-the-road underdog, even though they are number eight, going into number 17, Texas A&M. I, it looks like college football season's finally here. We're, we're done with all this bullshit games. I mean, last week, hell, the best game in the country was Iowa and Iowa State, and the freaking thing went on for six hours. We finally got some good games to look forward to this weekend. I was gonna, I was gonna say when those guys get the spotlight, you know, they take full use of it out there, which what you guys do in Iowa. Ridiculous. Uh, played enough for two two games, you know. But yeah, we're starting to see these big games in here. Um, you know, Notre Dame. Looking for them to get exposed early here, but talking about you know Auburn dogs on the road, go back and look at the history of that, and it favors A and M. That just seems crazy to me. Like I, I feel like Auburn's going to go in there and just destroy Texas A and M. You look at that history. I, I actually was checking it out. Was surprised by that one myself. Had a few conversations about it. Uh, they just don't fare well against them. You know, it, it's one of those. It's, this is a scare game for them. Uh, I think some other big SEC news that, that that's kind of jumped up this week is uh, how about LSU man jumping two spots. Uh, what really brought that to my attention is to see you know that the Buckeyes had dropped a spot and then looking at it, LSU jumping up two spots to to the four to the four seat. If you're using the eye test. LSU is probably the best team in the country right now. They look really good right now, but it's we're three weeks in. You know, it'll be interesting to see what happens once that once that SEC gets going. You know, it, it, this year going into this season, the Big Ten had seven teams in the top twenty-five. They're going to finish with about three because they're just going to beat each other up, and this is what happens in the Big mm-hmm. Ten every year. I think the SEC is going to be that, that way this year too. Uh, yeah, and this it'll be about time, you know, because SEC with such such dominance, uh, occupying those playoff positions, 
Uh, and hopefully we see, you know, see a little bit of a change. Some Big Ten news that is kind of funny just because it's here in the state of Ohio. It's an in-state game. Uh, the Buckeyes are taking on Miami of Ohio. And the spread is like somewhere around like 38 to 40 points. And the Miami head coach was, was the Miami head coach was asked about that, and he kind of laughed it off, and he was like, "Yeah, you know what it is. Like, we're going to go in there and play." And he got all this heat for that. It's like, come on, people realize this. I mean, those players, they know they're going to go out and give it their all. It's not like they're not going to try. They're going to lay down. They're going to give it their best. They want to shine in a, in a spotlight like that, but they know what they're up against. But ultimately, they know why they're there, and that's that huge payday. Yeah, it's it's not like they're the Miami Dolphins. I mean. Yeah. Talk about teams that just roll over and die. God, that was just an annihilation last week. So the Vegas pick of the week, I, I was going to go with Jacksonville, and I would have won. I should be 3-0 and right now, but we're recording on Friday, so I'm, I'm going to pick a different game. And, Rick, this one, this one bugs me a lot. Uh, Denver at Green Bay. I'd be putting my money on Denver. This is an eight-point spread. That eight-point spread really, really bothers me. I think this is a field goal game going into Lambeau. Wow. Uh, interesting that you got that because I was going to use this one of my picks. I was going to go with your Packers this week. Oh, okay. I know I got it straight up, but I, I'm looking for him to kind of handle Denver. That doesn't make me feel any better. Let's let's talk about the Stone Cold Locks. Hit me with it, Steve. Give me a hell yeah. Yeah, so last week, Huckleberry, 0-2. What's up with that? I'm ready to bounce back. I am playing it safe this week. Oh, yeah. You're going with the big favorites this week, huh? I'm going with two of the worst teams in the NFL. That's I, I'm feeling risky this week. I'm a, I went 2-0 and last week. I'm up to 3-1. and Huckleberry, you're 1-3. I got some room to play with. So I, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna start picking some bad teams here. I'm gonna take the Buffalo Bills over your Cincinnati Bungles. I Buffalo two and zero. Are they one of the surprise teams of the NFL at this point? Oh wow! Wow, real risky there, Jarko. <laughs> hey man, they're, they're still the Buffalo Bills. I mean, I'm sorry, yeah, I, I'm not impressed by that team as as much as everybody else is. Right, and on the other side of the coin, the Bengals are still the Bengals. Yeah, but the Bengals damn near won in Seattle week one. I, if you're going every other week, this week they should be good, right? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't think you're stretching there, but okay. I'm Who gonna, else you got? I'm also going to take Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals going into Carolina. Yeah, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Arizona over Carolina straight up this week. Ooh, coast to coast. Okay, I'll give you that one. That is a risky pick. You're taking a gamble there. But I said, uh, for mine, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to stay uh, on in the safety lane here. Uh, I'm going with with the pack, and then give me the Patriots over who the hell they're playing. I need to get some wins here. <laughs> the Patriots versus whoever in the hell they're playing. The Patriots this week. Well, Rick, I think you're in luck. They have the New York Football Jets. I think the, the, the seven injured third string New York football Jets. I think that the thing that's really interesting here, the 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 Patriots could go the entire month of September without giving up a touchdown. First game thirty three to three. Last week they beat the Dolphins forty three to nothing. I don't think the Jets are going to score a touchdown against that Patriots defense. And then they have the Buffalo Bills. Like it is very feasible that they finish the entire month of September without anybody scoring a touchdown on them. 
Uh, I think it's even more fun to watch. Let's see if the Patriots' defense can outscore their opponents' offenses for the month of September. Oh, that's fantastic. I'm looking forward to the Patriots' month of October. Yeah, October 27th, Cleveland Browns go into Foxborough. Oh, 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 I can't wait for that one. Upset, upset city, baby. <laughs> Delusional city, baby. So that's going to wrap things up for this week's edition of HTM Sports. Thanks for listening. And if you haven't yet, please hit that subscribe button. Then find the entire HTM Podcast Network online, hittingthemarks.com. If you want to talk football with me, feel free. Hit me on Twitter, at NotJargo. RBV, how do the people find you? Well, as always, you keep with all things Brent Fentry. Across all social media platforms, at the real RBV. Uh, I don't have the update standings in front of me, but uh, I'll post uh, for our HTM Sports Pick'em Challenge. Uh, I'll get those standings updated and out before uh, before Sunday's games, and uh, I'll share those with everyone over on Facebook inside the Hobby Media Discussion Group. Guess who's in first place? This guy right here. That's right. No way. All right, we'll talk to you next week here on HTM Sports for now. We're off like a prom dress. See ya!